The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty come to him will you drink deeply of Jesus will you come to the water of life you will never thirst again let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Hey, check this out. I sank from 212 to 111. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. Isn't technology awesome? If we can just make it work for us. Well, I'm glad it's working for us today. I had a strange experience yesterday. It was one of the hardest but most wonderful things. 
as I went to begin the worship service, I was suddenly conscious that the Holy Spirit had left me. He was simply gone. I felt naked. We did the opening of the service. We did the prayers. We did the music. Everything still felt completely dead. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to even open the scriptures and and try to preach. And so I did open them. And it was more of a a classroom looking at James, the first chapter. But there was no anointing of the Holy Spirit. I wanted to just sit there and weep. And it continued. After the service, there was the usual moving out to have a wonderful lunch. I just wanted to sit still and not talk to anybody. I was devastated. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. Has the Lord left me? Am I deserted by the Holy Spirit? Is it over? What do I do? That went on through the afternoon. Told my wife about it. Finally, that evening, unexpectedly, suddenly, the Holy Spirit just fell on me. I felt like if I ever started crying, I'd never stop. It was such a wonderful, wonderful sense of God's presence. This was not intellectual. This was more than emotional. It was a deep sense in my soul of the love and the peace of God. I wondered, what happened? And then slowly the understanding began to flood into my heart. I have lived for so many years under the presence of the Holy Spirit that I had almost concluded that it was it was just normal way to live. Well, and I think it is the normal way to live. Most people, many of you, have no sense of a constant presence of the Holy Spirit. Let me try to describe it. It's a it's a surrounding of your heart with a a sense of of God. Peace, quiet, of life. It's a it is emotional, but it's not emotional. It's it's as though it's two people 
one inside the other. That's what I experienced yesterday as the Holy Spirit came flooding back into every nook and cranny of my life. All I could say was, praise God, praise God. And I recognize that what I've been crying out for for many years is more. 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 My spirit is insatiable for the presence of the Holy Spirit, for God to be with me, for me to be with God. That passage in the New Testament, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what I was experiencing. God in me. And life seemed to very quickly slide back into, okay, this is normal. What happened before was not normal, and I was terrified it would happen again. I don't know that I did anything that grieved the Holy Spirit. He doesn't, he doesn't treat me that way. When he comes in, he comes in to stay. Are you interested in the Holy Spirit coming in to live in you? To stay in you? Are you interested in that pulsating, life-giving energy and love, compassion, mercy? Are you interested in having that live in you? He is a person... But he comes and lives in us. He gives me the broadcasts. I never choose them. And I don't know how to say this to you. But I want the Holy Spirit in much greater power and presence. I want to be able to ask him a question and have him instantly answer. I don't know if that's possible. I think it is. Can a man be so filled with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit answers his questions and speaks to him before he even asks the questions? I think it I think that's possible. It seems to be in the scripture. And it's very close to what I'm experiencing now with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live alone anymore. Oh, I don't mean I don't want to live without Twyla. I love her dearly, and I want to live with Twyla. But Twyla lives outside of me. This is an experience where... The Holy Spirit lives in you. I said to him just before the broadcast, how do you want me to start this broadcast? He didn't answer, but I knew. And I knew some of you would say, this man's crazy. Okay. I don't mind being called crazy when it's God's presence 
that's in me. I'd rather have that presence and have you on the outside saying this guy's crazy. You know, the greatest comfort of my heart, I'm going to say this, I don't know how it will come across. Holy Spirit, say it for me. The greatest joy of my heart is to be totally surrounded by and filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not experiencing this, you're a very lonely man or a very lonely woman. And no human being can fill this for you. Oh, Twyla is a wonderful wife. And yes, in one sense, she is inside of me and I'm inside of her. But not at the level, not at the degree, not at the constance of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's already 16 minutes into this program, and I'd better get busy and get to what he wants me to say. I just want to talk about him and talk about Jesus, talk about the Father. They are incredibly wonderful, wonderful persons. And they love us with such, such love. And remember when I was a boy, the Holy Spirit would come to me and I wouldn't understand who he was. I thought it was just everybody had this presence. So I tried to talk to my mom about it, and she said, What are you talking about, Ray? I don't have that. I talked to my dad about it, and dad said, I know, Ray, I know. He's with me too, but probably we shouldn't talk about it very much because people don't understand it and they'll think we're crazy. (laughs) And so I've just been quiet about it, been secretive about it for most of my life. But I'm asking him to blossom into a full presence with outward manifestations of his presence in my heart, in my life. Evil spirits can fill a person with bitterness and anger and cursing and infidelity, sexual lust and sin and I see that all the time, but not in me. I don't want it. Well, I want to talk to you today about a friend of Jesus, close friend of Jesus. It was Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And Lazarus was sick. He was bedridden. He was not doing well. They had no medications to give him. He 
He was really sick. He was dying. They sent a message to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. Well, there was only one person in their family that was that was at that level with Jesus. I think Lazarus would have understood very well what I'm talking about. He knew that Jesus loved him. When Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he just said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for the glory of God, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. He stayed where he was for two more days. That must have been hard for Jesus. He had a heart of such compassion and such mercy and such love. But he knew Lazarus was dying. He knew the moment Lazarus died. He was connected with Lazarus. So he said to his disciples, after two days had passed, let's go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said a short while ago, they tried to stone you to death. And yet you're going back there? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? A man who walks by the day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I have light. I don't walk in the dark. I don't walk in the day that you walk in, but I don't walk in the dark. I see where I'm going. I know what this is about. You can almost hear him saying, come on, guys, relax. We're going back. And they were worried. Oh, they were very concerned. He says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And his disciples say, Lord, if he sleeps, we, he's going to get better. The fever is broken. And Jesus just turns to them and almost in tears. He says, Lazarus is dead. Now to be dead in that day meant you had to be dead, dead, for four days. And you had to bury the day after they died. Now, in that place, you begin to depose very quickly. And you'd stink. And that's what was happening with Lazarus. He was dead, dead, dead. Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. There's a big discussion. Are all 12 of us, are we going to all go with Jesus and risk having all of us killed, stoned to death? And Thomas says, yes. Yes, he's our Lord. We're going to go wherever Jesus goes. 
Boy, I wish we had that attitude today in the church. That we're going to go wherever Jesus goes. That we are so eager to have that indwelling Holy Spirit presence and power that it's so precious to us that if Jesus is going, then I'm going. I hope you have that in your heart. I hope you're not just one of his sheep wandering around in the wilderness. I I saw something that was very interesting to me. It was a sheep that for five years had not been shorn. His wool was still all matted and packed. He could barely see the sheep's eyes. And they found the sheep, a wild sheep that had been scared away. And now he couldn't walk. He was too weak. He lay on his side. He was dehydrated. He was dying. A lot of Christians today are so full of wool. You just finally laid down and said, I might as well die. Now, sheep are worth two things, wool and mutton. I'd rather have the wool shorn than to be killed and put in the cooking pot. We have to be shorn. We have to be... We can't collect the world's goods. We can't collect all the stuff of the world or we will die. talked to a man yesterday. It was very interesting. He said, oh, I've got a business deal coming. It's going to make us a lot of money. I'm very happy about it. And I had to play the other side, and I said to him, oh, but wait a minute. Haven't you told me that quite a few times? And then nothing happened? Yes, but this time it's going to be different. There's a man who's earned about $2,000 this year. Family of three. They own their own house, so they don't have to pay rent. There you go. Twyla, her grandma and grandpa were both fishermen out off the coast of Washington State, California. You go down to California, the Baja, for the big tuna catches. They apparently made quite a bit of money. But they lived in the tavern. (laughs) They just drank it all up. Another person I knew, we were just starting out. He said, you're never going to make much money being a pastor, Ray. I'm going to be a millionaire. Oh, really? How are you going to do it? Well, I've got my plan. I'm working my plan. It was an Amway plan. 
He put so much time and so much energy and so much work into that. Things happened. I'm not, I'm not blaming him. Things happened. Today's not a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. You're worth a million dollars? I'm worth more than a million dollars. I've been stacking away the money in the kingdom of God all my life. And and when I need something, I pray and Jesus gives it to me. So how much am I worth? I have a bank card to the bank of, of heaven. You hear what I'm saying? You have to make decisions. And then you have to work your decision. And if you make the right decision, you can be a millionaire. If you make the wrong decisions, or if luck turns against you, you get wiped out. Well, I was determined I would not get wiped out. So I invested in the kingdom of God. I'm very happy I invested in the kingdom of God. I have that large bank account sitting up there in heaven waiting for me. I don't think it'll do me much good up there. They say they they have streets of gold. I think somebody who's pretty rich runs that place. You hear what I'm saying. Well, they all begin to walk, and I suspect that some of the twelve disciples had very glum looks on their face. I don't think this was a joyful trip. And Jesus was heavily weighed down with what was happening with Lazarus, even though he knew it ahead of time, and he knew it was his was for his glory, for the glory of the Father. He knew he had to go back to Bethany, just outside of Jerusalem. And he knew the center spotlight would be on him, and they'd be saying, Why didn't he come? He could have healed this man. They didn't know he could raise him from the dead. So they went glum, hoping they wouldn't die with him, but expecting to. When he got close, Word went out. Many from Jerusalem were there. Word went out. And Martha, you know, Martha, the the business lady, she heard that Jesus was coming and she went out to meet him. I want you to see the, the meeting she had with Jesus. Mary just stayed at the house. She didn't hear anything. She was just consumed with her grief. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Just an edge of uh, a bite. I don't want to ever bite God. Whatever he wants, I'm, I'm going to be good with. However long he wants me to live, however long he wants me to have a broken leg, whatever he wants... I want. I determined in my heart a long time ago I was not going to bite Jesus. 
Do you bite Jesus? What do I mean by bite Jesus? I mean, when he doesn't have things work out the way you want them to work out, do you accuse him? Blame him? Tell him he should have done it differently? Or do you just uh, give up hope in Jesus and blow him off and go try to do it yourself? Whichever way you're biting Jesus. I want to bite Jesus. I want to trust him. Whatever he means, whatever he says, I just want to love him. I have that presence of God in me that is so incredibly loving and kind. I don't want him to leave. I'm not going to throw him out. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Oh, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Oh, she's got her theology down right. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. No, there's not going to be a resurrection. He is the resurrection. There isn't going to be a future life. He is the life, present tense. He who believes in me now will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus now, she wants to talk to him about a theological level. Okay, let's talk theology, Mary. Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. She's got her theology down, but it's not very comforting to her heart because she doesn't have the same presence of Jesus with her that that Mary has. Oh, Mary carries the presence of Jesus in her heart. Martha went back and called her sister Mary. The teacher is here, she said, and, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. And when Jesus, who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly he got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. Martha didn't fall at his feet. Martha wanted to talk theology. But Mary, she just fell at his feet. The last time she was with those feet, she was kissing them and anointing them with that very expensive nard. 
She said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. If you'd been here. So she she has a little bit of a bite. But it's also a confidence that Jesus can fix anything. He can make everything work out the way it's supposed to work out. Jesus sees the the rush of tears coming down her face. And then he looks and he sees all the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. And he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Was he weeping because Lazarus had died? No, he knew what he was going to do. He was going to resurrect him. What was he crying for? Because his heart was so connected to Mary and to the others. Their tears, their sorrow, their hurt moved him to weep with them. Jesus does not walk through the world with no compassion. He weeps with the broken. Have you been broken? Jesus wept with you. Jesus weeps for the world. Because this world is utterly broken and on the verge of being utterly destroyed. And all Jesus can do with the sorrow that floods his heart is to weep. Oh, he knows that he's going to come as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He knows how this is going to all end. But he sees the pain in between now and when it all ends. He doesn't ride above us. He walks with us. He weeps with us. And the Jews said, see how he loved him? No, see how he loves you. See, when we don't have the Holy Spirit to walk and comfort and and abide with us, then we're going to face a lot of sorrows. We'll be rejected by a friend. We'll have a failure at work and get fired. We'll get sick and be miserable. We'll have exquisite pain. And we've never brought his Holy Spirit into us, and so he sees the agony of our heart. He weeps. Jesus has a compassion goes beyond anything we can understand. 
He loves us. He loves you. Now, if you have the Holy Spirit, he comforts you inside. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, he comes on the outside. But he comforts you. Some of you today, you're in agony of heart. Wife is dying. A husband is dying. A child has died. We don't know quite how to handle it all. We cry out to God. Jesus, once more, as he walks to the tomb, Into the cave with the stone across the entrance. There was deep emotion. Tears. You know, I want to just take some time now and, and pray for you. I'll go further tomorrow, but for today, I just want to pray for you. Lord, I know that as I come to you right now, there are many, many people in this city. All they can do is cry. And some are so fearful They think that if they begin to cry, they'll never be able to stop because they have such sorrow in their hearts, such sadness in their hearts because of the relationship with a a mom or dad or brother or a relationship with a close friend. All they can do is weep. And others are just saying, oh, you got to be tough. you got to just plow on. Plow through. There's no time to, to stop and rest in the Holy Spirit. No time to stop and rest in Jesus. I've just got to go. I've got to get through this. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And some of you feel very tough. And you're going to make it through no matter what. But inside you're broken. Lord, I ask that you would today look upon those who are very tender-hearted and weeping. And also those who are very tough and strong and have an exterior of granite. They can make it through anything, but they can't. They feel the pain too. Lord, I'm praying today for both groups of people. 
And Lord, there are others who have tried so hard to win their goal. They've tried so hard to do what they thought they had to do to become wealthy. And they haven't been able to make it. Lord, like one of our neighbors who who constantly is talking to us about the great amount of money that he has coming to him out of his investments. But every time I see him as he's talking to me, I say to him, has it come through yet? No, I'm still waiting. And Lord, he's going to die and it'll never come through. And he will have spent his entire life making all of his investments only to have them fail. Or he'll get all of his money in one rush with his multiple millions and then very quickly, in the excitement of the money, he'll die. He'll have a heart attack and die. Lord, I just, I see the the struggle of the human heart and the pain of the human heart, and the hope of the human heart. Lord, I know you're my only hope. You, Jesus, the Son of the living God, you are God all by yourself. You are the one I trust in. And it's your Spirit that you sent to dwell in me. And for this I thank you, and I praise you, and I worship you. You are the desire of my heart, Jesus. I don't desire wealth. I don't desire success. I don't desire to be known as somebody. I desire to be your son. I desire to be your child. I desire to be free to worship and serve you, Jesus for you are everything to me. And Lord, I know as I pray this part of the prayer, there are some who are saying, oh yes, he is everything, but I need the money too. They don't understand. The money will not mean anything to them. It'll soon be gone forever. And we will live in a very, very different kind of culture where the money no longer matters. Lord, I plead today for your mercy for the people who desire to come and listen to this broadcast. Let your Spirit dwell upon them and let your Spirit dwell in them. Now, let me just stop. If you have a desire to have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, would you pray this prayer? Lord Jesus, I can't make it on my own. I tried, and I couldn't do it. 
Now I need your Holy Spirit to come and heal my broken heart. I need you to come and bring me under the shelter of your blood. And I need you, Holy Spirit, to come and dwell in my heart, my mind, my body. I want what Pastor Ray's talking about. Please, Jesus, come. Pray in your name. Amen. Continue praying that prayer today. And if you can't remember that prayer, I give you another one. Jesus, I need you. Please, Jesus, I need you. You'll come. He has a heart that loves you. Jesus, I need you. I want you. Come and fill my heart. Come and fill my life. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're almost running out of time. Been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. The journey on the road is not easy, it's a straight, narrow path. It's not a path that leads us. To the clubs. It's not a path that takes us to live in the tavern. It's a path that leads us to give up our desires, our wants, except Jesus. If you want Jesus, there is a price you have to pay. You need to be willing to pay it. That you need to be willing to bend and be broken. You need to be willing to humble your heart before Almighty God. You need to confess before Him that you have failed And that you will never achieve what your lust of your heart desired. You're going to have to say, Jesus, I will follow this narrow path. I will take up my cross and I will be crucified with you. And I will be resurrected with you, Jesus. I feel like you know what I'm going to say. But I have to say it. 
Don't delay in your pride. Don't delay in your pride. Turn quickly to Jesus. Say to him whatever's on your heart. He'll understand. And then come to a place where you say, Okay, Jesus, that's it. I give it up. It belongs to you. We have an eternity waiting. This world is very short-lived. I was young, young, young once. I was middle-aged once. And now I'm old once. And then I die. And I want to spend eternity with Jesus. Five minutes. Will you humble your heart and give up your lust, your lazy passions, and begin to cry out to God, asking Him for mercy and asking Him for the gift of the Holy Spirit? Asking Him with the gift of the indwelling Spirit of God that will come and make his home in you with Jesus. Hmm. Well, you know what? We've come to the end. We've come to the end of this month, and we still are waiting for some offerings that that Jesus will send, that we could pay for the radio at the end of this month. You can write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. doesn't have to be a large amount. They all add up and equal the amount needed. So write to me, Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You might enjoy some of the shorts that Ed's been putting together. They're very pungent. You might also enjoy just going to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online, and you'll find many podcasts and YouTube videos and other materials that will be for your strengthening. So you're welcome to go and look at all of that. Now, Lord, I ask you to bless Jackie and Dirk as they've gone on the on the line, the chat line. I ask you to bless all of those who who write. Lord, I just stand by faith. This is your ministry. You direct it. You give me the topic. Two minutes. 
Tomorrow we're going to go further in this story of of Jesus and his incredible love for Mary and Martha and Lazarus and all of us. You know, part of what I've had to say, I had to slow down on this broadcast because theology is not going to get you there. Yes, teaching is vital. Correct doctrine is absolutely vital. The church believes many, many lies today that will take many to hell. But there's something else that's even more important. That is the person of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. They come and heal the wounds of our heart. They direct our path. So I urge you to continue crying out for the Holy Spirit. Not the Kundalini Spirit, the crazy laughing and dancing and no, 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 no. This is the Holy Spirit who is holy, who comes and teaches us the way of Jesus. Who comes and actually helps us confess our sins and get us right and sanctify us. We are saved by the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Think about that one for a while. Read 1 Peter. The whole book, 1 Peter. He'll open for you many, many wonderful things. I think you'll enjoy it. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. Do love you. Eager to meet you and talk with you. Eager to have time. Pray together. And hopefully, we'll soon be back on our Friday prayer schedule where you can call in and pray live on air. Planning that now. I know some have consistently asked us to pray on Fridays. All right, Mr. Producer, how much time do we have? Currently off air right now. We're what? We're off air. All right. God bless you all.